A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hi. Welcome to BT Sports Podcast, Life's a Pitch. My name is Mike Calvin. I'm joined by Tony Evans of the Evening Standard and Adrian Clark of Arsenal TV. He may pout and preen, but let's look at the facts. Cristiano Ronaldo won the Euros with Portugal. He's won the Champions League three times. He scores more than 50 goals a season. He's a great player in any language. He might have missed most of the final... But surely it's time to give him his due, isn't it, Tony? Well, yeah, I mean, the, the Euros final was his first team performance, the first time he's put on a shift for the team in his, in his whole career. You know, normally he does it himself, the team plays for him. But, you know, we saw the human side of Ronaldo in the, in the final, you know, coming on the sidelines, encouraging his teammates. He looked like he was part of things. Sometimes throughout his career, He's looked sort of semi-detached from his teammates, and you know they only think, they don't get encouragement from. Him. They just get that side eye look from him when they do something wrong. You know, this is a man who, after games, like ices down his face so he looks good on camera. You know, he's vain. But last the, the Euros final, I think he really, really looked as if he cared about the team performance. Mm. The they, the players have been raving about him at half time yeah. during normal time. His team talk to the to the group. He was acting like a manager, mm. and he met his manager on the way down, didn't he? That moment with Fergie was great. <laughs> yeah, well, those two love each other, don't they? I mean, uh, Ronaldo was great for Fergie. Fergie was great for for Ronaldo, set him on the path to where he is now, which is uh, at the very top of the game. He, he deserves it. He he came good, I think, at key moments for Portugal in the tournament. That hungry game. Delivered, didn't he? A crack, a beautiful back heel, lovely pass for Nani for that for that crucial goal, and then of course against Wales with that that thumping head. I thought that was one of the best the headers. Yeah, that just that unbelievable. He's, he's one of the best headers in the game. Isn't he? Yeah, I think, um, and Portugal in a way I think fell into the trap of wanting to throughout the course of the tournament just aimlessly chuck balls into the box because they knew he was so good at winning the headers, which sort of took a little bit away from their general play, I think. But, yeah, look, he's a top player. He's got. He's had his moment now. We, th- we thought it was going to end in the wrong kind of tears, but, but for, thankfully for him, it wasn't. You know, the £100 million, Euro, pounds question, a top player, according to Adrian, the top player when you bring Messi into the equation? Well, the top European player. And briefly, after Zidane... The, the demise of Zidane. He was probably the best player in the world until Messi flowered. The, uh, better than Messi? No, I don't think so. I mean, the thing about Messi is Messi plays for the team all the time. There's a generosity, a spirit about Messi. And, you know, it's uh, you, you see the way his teammates relate to him. Whereas Ronaldo doesn't quite have that. You know, sometimes it's, he's got that look about him. 
I don't need my teammates. And sometimes he didn't. He's machine-like, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a goal machine, Cristiano Ronaldo. Proper athlete, whereas Messi's is the, the fantasy player, isn't he? He can just make something happen with magic. I don't think we see a great deal of magic from Ronaldo. He just does the basics, the shooting, the heading, you know, the, the drive, the mentality, those kind of basic core ingredients. He, he's superb in all of those departments. Whereas magic, he's got, Messi's got the X factor. Yeah. You're a young footballer, Tony. I know that's a big ask. Okay? Yes. <laughs> young footballer watching Ronaldo at his peak. What do you learn from him? What can you learn from him? Oh, certainly the work ethic. You know, putting everything into your game. Ronaldo practiced and practiced. That free, those free kicks. He worked on. He worked on his head. And you know, he's, he's the, the one thing he's very good at in training is the the sort of the, the physical drills. You know, he's, he's, his body's in brilliant shape, and he loves to show it off, doesn't he? <laughs> but um, you know, he is, keeps himself in peak condition. He's totally committed to his game. To his game, you know, not the mm. team game sometimes, mm. but you know that's what you'd learn from. And then from Messi, you should learn to relate to the people around you, to lift their game as well. Ronaldo, that that is the big problem between them. Ronaldo is brilliant. When he's on, the team will win. When when you play with Messi, everyone's game comes up five percent, ten percent, and Ronaldo doesn't have that component. Mm. If you look at Portugal and look at their system mm. now. Ten of the 14 Portugal players who played in that final came out of the Sporting Lisbon Academy. You've got a, a national group. They've just won the Euros at under-17 level, runners-up at under-21 level. They've won the Euros. Yeah. They're doing something right. Yeah, the continuity is working for them. It did the same for Iceland, didn't it? That group of Iceland players have grown up together, been successful to a degree in, in the junior football. It's got to help you. And I think the fact that they've got a clear identity, Icelandic and Portuguese football, you watch Portugal and you can watch them down the years and they'll always look pretty much the same. Do you know what I mean? In terms of their style, they might tweak the system here and there. But yeah, they're just completely comfortable with each other, with the shape, with the philosophy. And, 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 and they, this is the crucial thing. They were, they were supremely well coached and drilled in this tournament. We've seen it. We saw it with Iceland and Wales. We've seen it with Leicester, Atletico. If you've got a manager that will drill those players so that everyone knows their jobs and galvanise them together... You know, you can get a fairly average-looking team can can win things. Average-looking team, you know, it's a really interesting thing because I saw Figo in the crowd last night, mm. and Ronaldo wasn't on the pitch when they won. They kind of bookended this golden generation thing we've heard about Portugal for so long, and that none of the golden generation were on the pitch last night. Mm. You know, the, the the people who promised so much over the years, maybe this lot can call themselves the silverware generation. It's <laughs> the first time Portugal have won anything. Well, someone's going to be around for a long time looking at that is Renato yeah, Sanchez, yeah, what yeah, a player yeah. he's going to yeah, be. Yeah, he reminds me a bit of uh, Clarence Sadoff. Mm. Not just the dreadlocks. It just He's so powerful. A bit of arrogance about him when he's when he's on the ball, um, just supremely confident. He's got that little surge mm. that the top, the real top players have. I mean, for 18, come on. When I was 18, if I'd have, you know performed like he is in the reserve team, I'd have been happy. He's doing it at the highest level of international football, and he's looking comfortable. And he wants the ball, doesn't he? He always comes yeah, for the ball, shows for it. Not mm. shy. At all. He's a kid that we're going to we're going to yeah. see for for the next decade or more. Quality. Mm. Definitely. Surprised by France. 
Um, a little bit. I thought they were a bit timid. Mm. You know, they, they didn't commit. They, they didn't knock the ball around fast enough. Mm. You know, it's um, and and they seemed to be cowards once Ronaldo went off. It was like they they, they went into a lull. Yeah. I think uh, the occasion probably got to them a little bit. Uh, they're slightly short of quality. You know, across the pitch, um, they probably over overachieved mm. getting to the final. And they just couldn't they carry it back. through. They're a better team, France, when they're in the opposition half. Mm. When you're in their own half, I think they're bang average. I didn't think their defence was convincing at all. Mm. And in the two midfielders, Matuidi had quite a good final, but him and Pogba, they're not defensive midfielders. And Pogba's no. not a £100 million pound player. No, maybe not, not in that position, for sure. So, so they had to play on the front foot and squeeze and press and, and win the ball in those areas, and they just didn't. They did it at the start, and then they faded. Well, you know, Sissoko looked the best player in that France yeah. midfield, yeah. and and you wonder if you're set up to make the worst player in the midfield look look best, <laughs> the best. You know, it does worry you a little bit. You know, it's, uh, do you think he was playing for a move? <laughs> yeah, no, it could well be. I don't, but you know, I mean, and and Griezmann picked a a, a, a bad night to have a poor game, didn't he? Mm. So you know, it's uh, I mean, he's he's very good. Mm. You know, sort of get, getting on the end of the balls in the box, and he just he just wasn't. Well, if there. you can spend hundred million on Pogba. Um, you know, and what's the valuation on Griezmann? I think it's about seventy million. Mm. You'd go for Griezmann, wouldn't you? Based on on the, the, mm. his form in this tournament, lethal finisher. Pogba seems to have everything physically. He, he, you know, he's, he's a mountain. He's you know, he's quick. He's but you know what? He makes bad decisions all the time. And for a player of his age, for a player of his reputation, it surprises me to see him value. Should have so been highly. his tournament. It should have been should Pogba's have been. tournament, yeah. and it wasn't. Yeah. What about overall the tournament? What about the quality of it? Well, it was spotty. I mean, you know, it's a, what, too many teams in it, you could argue. But I think there were enough highlights there. I mean, I think sometimes we get hung up on quality and we want goals and we want ball juggling and all that. You know what? I, that's not it's what football's about. Football's not entertainment. <laughs> you know, it's, it's about the build-up attention, you know, the release when one goal scores. You know, I thought that everyone's complaining about the final. But, you know, you could see... You could see the way that the momentum of the game. You could see France's whole sense of purpose fading, them running out of ideas, and it builds up. You know, you could see this French tragedy unfolding, <laughs> and then and then and Portugal score. You know, and you've got the the subplot of Ronaldo. But, it was great. It but was great. as, as punters, we want to see the superstar shining, and we did, we had too many big name flops, didn't we? The guys that we thought were going to be great, that they, weren't like an really great. they weren't really great. They weren't really great. I'll tell you who the, who who were the triumphs. Defenders. Mm. I thought they were. Su they were su I super, thought Pepe was fantastic. Yeah, some super. Superb central defensive performance. Pepe was great. Mm. I thought Bonucci, Chiellini, the Icelandic guy, Sig mm. Thorsen, um, Arneson, uh, a few others as well. Centre-backs, I thought, were, were outstanding in the tournament. Yeah. Hummels, before he, he got suspended. Um, and no, no England players in that. That's, no, a, that's no, a funny one. No, no England players at all. Um, fans were great. And the referees were super. I think the referees probably outperformed all the players. I thought mm. it was brilliant. And what we didn't see is... Theatrics, antics, moaning at the referee, we didn't see all those things that wind us up, kind of were absent. I think it's because the mm. refs had, mm. a, had a much better approach to things. Okay, so we're in full inquest mode now, Tony. <laughs> England, the, the, they will be speaking, the FA will be speaking this week to Sam Allardyce. Apart from starting up the Andy Carroll fun bus, what should we do? Should we run for cover at the thought of Sam being an England manager, or should we accept him for what he is and welcome him? Well, I mean, where are we? Is it, you know, is it 2004 again, 2006? You know, have we, have we flashed back in time? Uh, it tells you everything about the state of England and uh, English management. Um, well, part of me wants to really laugh 
hysterically at the thought of Sam Allardyce <laughs> as England manager. Other parts of me thinks, you know what? The one thing about Allardyce is his teams, you go and watch them, they've always got a plan. They play to a system. They know what they're trying to do. You mightn't like it. It mightn't work. But you know what? At least it's a plan. Mm. Roy Hodgson had no plan. And he had no plan in the whole of the time he was England manager. Four years without any sort of blueprint. And, you know, there should be, there should be widespread sackings at the yeah. top of the FA for, for all this. Yeah. You know, they should, they should clear it out. And at least England would go with Allardyce knowing what they were supposed to do and trying to do. And if the players didn't like it, he'd bomb them out. He wouldn't have any fear of big egos. Mm. Yeah, he has had a reputation of being a, you know, looking after sports science. Yeah. But he's also, you balance that with the, the hoofball mentality yeah. that he's associated yeah. with for right or wrong. Do you think he's, you know, if, in a, he's almost like the best of a bad bunch? <laughs> Stylistically, it goes against him, doesn't it? Because he has never really produced size that, play attractive football and if England or the FA want want good football then maybe he's not the guy he, he will organise the team no doubt about that he, he, he will plan thoroughly and I think he, he's, he's just got his finger on the pulse in most areas of the game so I don't think we'll, we'll leave anything out there but, but can he galvanise the group of players? I, I don't know. He hasn't got any international experience. He's never played international football. He's really managed in European football. And I think that has to count as a negative. Because for me, it's almost like a different sport at times, watching international football mm. and club football. It's, mm. it's so much slower. It's so much more tactical that I do think... Obviously, it's, it's not imperative that you have international experience. But I think it would help dramatically, which is why I would veer towards Klinsman over over him, even though he's not English, just purely because he, he feels like he's almost a specialist. He's got great knowledge of the international game and, and how tournament play works and he's motivational. But you speak to people in the States mm. and, and they wouldn't mourn no, his loss. No, they, they, well, well, they pay for his flight and yeah. pick up half of his wages. <laughs> you know, he's, um, he's taking a lot of stick over there. Hasn't he? but, yeah. um, Mind you, they got to the semi-finals in the well, uh, Copa America, so... Um, he's done an awful job, and he, he, he was pretty good with Germany. Look, I'm not saying it should be him, I just think there are a lack of English candidates. I think Allardyce has got to be pretty high up. Hoddle, for me, he's been out, out of management for 10 it's years. Too long, isn't it? It feels yeah. too long. Uh, Harry Redknapp's retired, mm. I, I don't see that one happening anyway. Eddie Howe excites me to a degree, but again, a lack of experience. But there's been some talk about Eddie Howe with... Uh, Redknapp playing the sort of greybeard role alongside him as an assistant. Is that a dream ticket or a nightmare scenario? Well, I think it's a nightmare scenario. You know, it's like Eddie Howe come in with his tactics and Harry to leave it all out. You know, just let's go and play. No, um, yeah. you know, no Harry Redknapp team I've ever seen has been in the same shape 20 minutes after kickoff as he started. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's, um, and, you know, Harry was desperate to be England manager. He thought he was going to be England manager four years ago, even to the point of approaching Brendan Rodgers to be his assistant during the tournament. And um, his time's gone, his time's passed. If you're going to go with someone like Eddie Howe, commit to him. You know, mm. let him do it his way. And uh, you don't have to be the greatest manager in the world to, to achieve at an um, international level. I mean, it's a know, part of me that thinks younger guy would, would, would work really well, someone who can relate to the players. He's clearly a, a good tactical manager. He yeah. got Bournemouth up well and he, he can relate to the players. I just felt there's such a detachment from Hodgson. Hodgson and Deli Alley. I mean, I mean, they've not, not got a great deal in common. And I just wonder 
uh, you know, how motivational he could have I, been I, for I thought him. they went drinking together. <laughs> the same boot club. You know, right past us on his, the latest yeah. novel. Well, he said, I mean, Fernando Santos, old, you know, there, there, there was a lot of ageing managers at the tournament, mm. but I do think it was noticeable. Conte and Coleman, two guys that really impressed me, and the groups that they built exactly. and the spirit, they were younger guys that mm. I think get the players and I think that is important at international football because you're only with them a certain amount of time. You're right about it being a different sport international football. Is international football on the way out? Because we're in, we've had this this tournament, people have looked at it in a lukewarm way, they can't wait for the Premier League to start again, it's all about club loyalty, club affinity. I don't like that, no. To be be perfectly honest, even though the spectacle of international football is often a bit dull, I just love the way it galvanises the masses, the people. Um, you know, you've seen what's happened in Wales. You don't get get that in in club football. I, I love that Iceland coming through. Wonderful story. And, and if England, if they ever go go deep into a competition again, we will all love it and we'll all fall in love with international football again. It's I would get as a fan get more worked up watching England than any club team. But I know that I'm in the minority. Um, mm. But that's just how I am. But, I mean, it's, it, it's typical. Come September, when we have that ludicrous early international break, everyone will get rid of international football. And then in two years' time, when the World Cup comes on, everyone will be excited again. Yeah. It's the international football roller coaster. And, you know what? There's been games in this tournament where you think, long may it stay with us. I mean, the, the, there are... Some of those friendlies or mm. even some of the qualifying games, you think, mm. get rid of the whole thing. Well, like, you see, yeah. I can't get worked up about the qualifying groups at no. all. You know, England, it's the same old, same old, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, and, you know, and, the, and there's, there's a great sense of the, the going through, you know, you might as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's just a waste of time. It was but, interesting. I was, I was speaking to Stuart Pearce mm. uh, a couple of days ago where he mentioned an FA study. And they looked at all uh, age groups over the last 10 years, from seniors right down to under-16s. Mm. And England finished second in terms of success, right. qualifi- qualifying for tournaments mm. behind Spain. Mm. When it came to performance in tournaments, they were the second worst of this sample size. That tells you everything you need to know about England, doesn't it? Well, it does, it does. And, and, and in many ways, if you did bring in someone like Allardyce, you get a much more pragmatic approach to things because the, Hodgson wasn't very pragmatic at all I think one of the problems with England as well is is you know through that period they've tried to shoehorn the people that we all perceive are the best players into one mm-hmm. team when the reality is you should be looking for balance and um, I think the other thing I think English football's lost its way completely they've tried to copy everyone else's system you know we, we you know we went through originally the uh, the Ajax you know playing every position then Claire Fontaine let's build our own Claire Fontaine then oh Spain we've got to do it the Spanish way and you know then Germany what do the we're Germans do? We're two steps do? behind every yeah. time aren't we? And mm. no one's asking the fundamental question what do English players do well what do we excel at what do they do every week in the Premier League why uh, why why are they you know have they got such good reputations ask that you might start to go forward. Now you talked about players there. We, for the next mm. nine to ten months, will be talking about managers mm. because of the Premier League. You've got Klopp, you've got Conte, you've got Mourinho, you've got Guardiola, you've got Coman, you've got X, Y and Z. Mm. I'll go with you first, Tony. Liverpool have just given Jurgen Klopp a six-year contract. Bad, mad or good? Well, mad... You know, we've yet to see whether it'll be good. But it's like giving them the keys to the, you know, to Anfield. Yeah, it's yours now. You know what? There's no 
it, it, he's ten months into his Liverpool tenure, and they're giving him a new contract. And you know, he, he still had two more years plus an option to come. Wouldn't the more sensible thing have been to wait next summer, mm. see how they go with the season in 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 the you know in the league, and see if actually. He's suited to the place, but now it's like the owners are completely infatuated. It's a ridiculous. Was there a threat that someone was going to come and poach him, come and nick and nick them? Well, there was. It didn't no, feel like that. Not, well, not the big jobs are gone, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that way. And let's face it. After watching the um, the the, uh, the Europa League final in Basel, mm. I mean, I can't imagine them queuing up. At this stage, you know, I think the jury's out a little Seemed bit. Seemed a bit premature, um, didn't it? It's a lot premature. <laughs> the owners are completely infatuated with them. It's, it's blind love. You know, it's a, I mean, they were talking about selling the club a year ago when Brenton Rodgers was there now. Oh, totally what, committed what to it. What happens if they don't get top four um, this season? Because I think there's a very realistic chance they won't get top four. But well, I, looking at the strength of everybody else, I mean, what do they do? do, do is that is that OK? Well, I mean, they, they would argue that they've committed... They've committed to him, and he's got as long as he needs to. Um, well, that's the get-out clause, isn't it? Oh, well, we're planning long-term for the future, so we're giving a few more years to make this team mature. In your experience, Adrian, how long does it take to actually get a team to gel? It's very rarely an instant thing, isn't it? It's very rarely an instant thing, but it can happen fairly quickly. It really can. I think if you've got the right group of players um, that are in it together, we've seen how powerful it can be with Leicester, who... OK, that wasn't a brand new team, but, but it was a, with a new manager mm. and, and they just rode the wave, didn't they? It, it can happen. I think that every manager needs his own players and particularly Klopp because he has this really distinctive style of football and the players that he had last season, the ones he inherited, um, I don't think are suited to his style of football, not enough of them anyway. They, they were suited to Brendan Rodgers, more open, you know, expansive, nicey-nicey football, keep the ball for ages. Then They couldn't maintain. Liverpool conceded so many late goals and they ran out of steam in so many matches and I think it comes down to, to, to the fitness of some of the players and the suitability of them to the tactics. It is though, you know, needing a particular sort of player to play a particular sort of style, is that positive or a negative? I mean, because do people work you out? Maybe, but, but you need to have variation, don't you? You can't always play the same way. And I think that's one of the criticisms maybe of Arsenal. They've only played that same way and teams have sussed them out. Um, the best managers, Ferguson, mm. would always... You know, you knew that they would be four four two most weeks with the wingers, but they could mix it up if yeah, they had yeah, yeah. if they had to. They could go long. They sometimes would go four three three. You could never second guess Ferguson's lineup. He wasn't predictable. So no, I think the best teams have variety. But look, if you can nail one way of playing and get the right players who are brilliant at it, it'll take you a long way. There's going to be a lot of turbulence around the squads in the next sort of three to four <clears throat> weeks. Yeah. You're talking about. Klopp is probably going to have a clear out at, at Anfield. Mourinho, there's some talk that he might get rid of up to eight players. Mm. City have got a rebuilding job. Um, let's look at United. How have they done so far in terms of you know bringing Mkhitaryan in? You've obviously got Ibrahimovic. Are they ready to make a step back up? Well, I think so. I mean, I think they've sent a message out. I mean, they've, they've, they've got a, a Ibrahimovic in, who's obviously a global superstar. You know, he's, he might be at his peak, but he certainly gives United a cachet, even though they're not in the Champions League. Mkhitaryan comes in. Normally, you'd expect him to go to a Champions League club. Um, they've probably overpaid in terms of his wages. But, you know, they know they have to do that. And I think they've made a good start to the window, um, and they'll spend an awful lot more. You know, it's um, you know, there's talk of a hundred million for Pogba. I think that's probably a bit excessive, but 
Yeah, none of us would be shocked if that deal yeah, happens. Mourinho, he's just spent loads of money. You know, mm. he's, he's a good coach, but he will spend a fortune. Yeah, yeah. we're almost getting into the stage now where money has almost lost its value. <laughs> it's you know, you, you look at you look at Chelsea. Mm. Uh, you know, Batshuayi is going mm. in, into Chelsea for thirty-two point, uh, thirty-three point odd million pounds. Yeah. Overpriced, probably, isn't he? I mean, it's a lot of money to play for, pay for. Well, a thirty-three is the is the new fifteen, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, which was how... that. That was also the new five. <laughs> that's how it feels. Yeah, but but Chelsea, I mean, I mean, Manchester United is Manchester United, and they've got Jose Mourinho, so that and they're paying unbelievable money to get these stars in. Chelsea, where they are at the moment, Abramovich doesn't seem to want to spend stupid money. I mean, that's a lot of money. But I think they're going to find it harder than Man United to attract the top mm. range elite players, in my view. He's a good player, Batshuayi, but you know they were linked with Nijngolen, weren't they? Mm. A good player for Belgium, very good player. But he's staying at Rome, yeah. He's decided to stay there. He, he wasn't. He wasn't biting Chelsea's hand off. They're not in the Champions League. It's a rebuilding. They need a lot of younger players, Chelsea. They need to you know yeah. freshen up that team big time. And I've got to say, with Conte, I think he's tactically a really smart guy. So I think they'll be fine. What about City, Tony? You've got. You know, they're, they're going to be right in the arms race, aren't they? Oh, yeah. very much so. Uh, Leo Bonucci, if they get him, they've got a real rock on which to, to build, haven't they? Yeah, that's, that'd make a, a, a huge difference. But, you know, the, the, there's, there's a very big to-do list there for Guardiola. You know, he's, he's got to restock, you know, sort of defence and the midfield in, in, a, in a big way, really. I mean, he's got plenty of attackers. He's got, you know, that, that's not an issue. But they really do need to. They need probably a centre half, maybe two, a full back, maybe two, yeah. and two, maybe three midfield players. Definitely, That's a, a, definitely, an awful yeah. lot. There. Yeah, Gundogan's coming, hasn't he? I think mm. he'll be good if he can stay fit. We don't know. Yeah. He's not fit for the start of the season. No. Yeah. Um, company and Bonucci. An awesome-looking pairing, isn't it? Again, if if, if company can, can yeah, stay fit, I don't know. I mean, know. we're not going to see much of company. You we? don't think so? No. No. I, I think Bonucci is one of the world's best. It's a, yeah, he's a proper centre half. Mm. But the fullbacks are the ones for me. The way that Guardiola plays, he, he need he asks an awful lot of his fullbacks, and mm. uh, he needs new ones. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they need to recycle them, won't they? Mm. What a, what about Bonucci? Do you think mm. you know Juventus will really? push hard to keep him, won't they? Yeah. But, but they're talking what the contract what, hundred and eighty thousand pounds a week. <laughs> City's money usually talks, isn't it? Yeah, it does. And and he's a top player that might fancy the Premier League, you know, and the and the, the challenge here. I would love to see him in this league because I just think he's class and the Premier League has been bereft, I think, of quality centre halves for yeah, too long. Man. The standard of defending in the Premier League is is rubbish. It really is. I'm, I'm, mm. it, we, this is why we love it because we see so many goals, we see so many mistakes week in, week out, and um, yeah, yeah I, I think that an influx of defensive talent might not make um, it, it quite as attractive to watch, but but it will make for a higher standard, and it will certainly aid teams like City and Chelsea, in, well City, in European football. If Bonucci came in. The Champions League prospects would shoot through the roof. Well, you know, and, and the thing is, it'd be the beginning of a spine there for them, which they lack a little bit now. You know, he's going to buy a new goalkeeper if he can. You know, they need they need a standout central midfield player, and the, you know, obviously Aguero is brilliant. But you know, it's, wonder uh, where Hart goes. Where's Hart going to go? Well, no one seems to be knocking at the door for him, do no. they? That's um, you know, and he does himself no favours in this tournament. Yeah. Maybe he goes to Leicester when Leicester sells Casper Schmeichel or something. <laughs> Never know that. Well, yeah. but speaking of Leicester, mm -hmm. you know, what, what do you think of them? The, the work that they've done in the transfer market. You know, mm. they've kept way below the radar. Mm. They've got 
a terrific scouting department. Yeah. Are we going to write these guys off too early? Well, I d I'm not hearing that many people writing them off, actually. I think most people... Well, I'm considering them as one of the elite teams now. You know, and the, I think they'll be there or thereabout. No, I don't think they're going to win the title again, but I think they'll be you know, top eight, maybe top ten. I think they'll be up there. Mm. Um, That's called damning with fake praise. Yeah, it, it is, after I winning suppose. It. Yeah. Look, they've signed work. This Mendy seems like a replacement for Kante to me. Mm. It feels like he mm. might go. They've done well to hang on to Vardy. Can Will Mares stay? I, I do think they need additions. They got away with it last year, didn't they, in terms of the mm. centre-half staying fit. Mm. That was really important to them. I think you know, they need to come up with a plan B. Maybe have some better ball players that look after possession a bit better because that whole counter-attacking game will only take you so far. I think they could, they need to uh, a little bit more quality in there where they can mix things. And up. you wonder if players like you know Drinkwater and the Simpson had a once-in-a-lifetime season. Mm -hmm. You know, it's. Um... But they've been like chasing this Musa for a while. They've been linked yeah. with him for well, ages. Well, the Nigerian striker. Yeah, yeah, they've been linked with him for ages mm. and they've, they've stuck to it. And he's clearly someone they think will suit their style. Mm. He, he could be, you know, he could play up top or he can play out wide like, like Mares. You know, it's all gone quiet on that front, hasn't it? Um, mm. Maybe he is going to give it another year. But, um, but yeah, I just wonder if Vardy might regret his decision if two or three leave before the uh, yeah. end of the window. Yeah, well, there's a lot of talk about sort of almost like a a break clause in contracts. I know, you know they've tried to get Troy Deeney mm. from Watford and my understanding is that there's almost a think again clause around for the January window so that he might be able to, mm. to nick up to Leicester you know, straight up the M1. Not bad, is it? Um, we've got £300 million spent in the first week of the window. It's going to go mad, isn't it? Oh, it hasn't even begun, you know. It's, uh, people are saying about these inflated prices. They don't realise the effect the new television deal's going to have. You know, um, everyone's price has ramped up. I mean, when you're talking £30 million for Troy Deeney, you know that, you know, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're through That's the long That's the screens, isn't it? We are, uh, you know, it's, uh, and, and it's only going to get worse. Um, you know, uh, everyone, in, you know, every club in Europe's looking at a new television deal and going, whoa, Premier League are coming. <laughs> you know, it's, um, it'll make them rich if no one else. Um, the right choice, by the way. I know that he's staying at Watford for the time being, but, but if you're looking for like one or two little bits where they can improve, you'd say Okazaki. Oh, okay, he, he was a hard-working foil for Vardy, but didn't really score enough goals. In Dini, you'd have that hard worker, someone who could uh, supply a bit of end product and score goals. It was the right fit. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, so yeah. You, I, I, I like Dini. It's just that you can't... We're still grappling with the concept of 30 million. <laughs> 30 million yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure yeah. he is as well. Well, let's, you know, while we're in the mood, and let's finish this off by, by actually playing you know, fantasy football Monopoly. Mm. If you could buy one player, you know, within reason, don't just say Ronaldo or Messi, mm. for... A Premier League club with aspirations to finish in the top four, who would you buy? I'd buy Eric Dyer for Liverpool. You know, I, I love where he does. I love the way he knits the game together. I love his game intelligence, the way he watches rounds, you know, make sure that the fullbacks don't go. I just I just really like him. It's it's impossible because he's you know, he's he'll be the cornerstone of that Tottenham team and probably England captain. You know, in the next five years, but uh, yeah, he was the player I, I lusted after most last season. If, if that's not the wrong phrase, to use. <laughs> I think it might be. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> Adrian, um, well, I pretty should choose someone for Arsenal. I would say that the the, the most desperate need is for a centre half and a striker. Um, talked about Bonucci. I wouldn't mind him. I am <laughs> so I don't think that's going to happen though. I would say of all the strikers. Gonzalo Higuain, but I just think that he's 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 so hot at the moment, and I think you'll get two 
amazing seasons out of him and, and and it's vital I think that they have someone to challenge Olivier Giroud and to and to yeah because with Welbeck out they need a frontline striker mm. and there aren't any better available in my view than Higuain well if Tony's going to take Dyer away from Tottenham I'll give them a player how about Duncan Watmore at Sunderland he's got pace youth intelligence really diligent fits the bill for them and he's a bargain at around 15 million. Thanks for joining us here on Life's a Pitch. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.